Greetings, good citizens. I'm Pierre Robert from 93.3 WMMR. I don't know if you know this, but let me be the first to inform you. You are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Stay sane. Don't go off the edge. Please don't. We need you. Well, as the folks know, Crazy Train Radio is now based out of the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has always been a city that walks to a beat of its own drum. And nobody really does a better job of setting the beat of that drum than the man sitting in front of me, legendary radio DJ for WMMR, Pierre Robert. Good day, citizen. And good day to you, my friend. You've been here since 1981. What was it about Philadelphia that made you come to this city from San Francisco? Well, I was working at a rock and roll station in uh, San Francisco, and um, somewhere around the end of the 80s, there was that movie you may or may not recall with uh, John Travolta called Urban Cowboy. Yes. And for, you know, trends come and sweep everything for a while and then completely go away. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the station I had been at was had been a legendary rock and roll station founded by the same company that founded MMR. There were six uh, big stations across the country, MMR in Philadelphia, WNEW in New York, uh, WMMS in Cleveland, WMET in Chicago, KMET in Los Angeles, and KSAN, KSAN in San Francisco, which is where I was. Of those, only one is, only two are still rock and roll, the one in Cleveland, MMS, and MMR. Um, they all st- started about the same time, but so the geniuses at the company, Metromedia at the time that ran it, said, thought you know, that they, or some consultant told them or something, country's huge. So they changed this legendary radio station to country, and it was it was shocking, and people would come by and spray paint the building, K-San sucks, and you know, you could do and stuff like that. They tried to make it kind of an um, you know a city kind of country, but nonetheless, it was country and it was it was kind of a culture shock. Um, <laughs> so, but I stayed on because I was just starting uh, in radio and I didn't know what else to do. So um, I stayed on because I was only part time on the air anyway, and I worked in the office during the week and uh, on the overnight show on the weekend. So I stayed on, and then um, eventually uh, a buddy of mine was moving here. Uh, to go to medical school, and we just figured out, what the hell? I think I'll go to Philly. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just, you know, and so I I said, yeah, I think I'll give it a try. My friend said, we'll see you back here in six months, and which could very well have been the case, but I came out here and I applied to a bunch of stations, and the ones that even got back to me uh, said, you sound too mellow, and um, you sound like you're from California. I (laughs) said, well, they're well, could no, be a reason really? for that. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And uh, so that's, uh, so, you know, I, I ended up here and I worked part-time here at MMR. I worked at a health food store on South Street and then um, eventually I got the gig in the office and then soon they needed someone on the weekends overnight and then that led to full-time overnight, which led to 
uh, eventually to the midday show. And then for three years in the morning in 93 to 96, I did the morning show and came back to middays where I've been now. That's about a three minute um, overview <laughs> of yeah. my journey. Definitely for sure. Well, in all that time since 81, you've pretty much become an institution in Philadelphia radio by still staying true to your beliefs, I would say, and most of the listeners. How would you uh, say you were able to do that over these many years? Well, um, I don't know about the institution part, by the way. Maybe I should be in an institution. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you stay true to it by... Even though the music changes, your your style wouldn't change. So, in other words, um, as a station has evolved musically, uh, it doesn't sound like it did when it started in 1968. It probably never would have made it if it hadn't changed and adapted. At this point, uh, we're a little harder rock, but we, you know, we're still older and newer. Our our slogan is "Everything That Rocks." So, I mean, as you know, bands like Green Day and Pearl Jam and you know those. Uh, killers and offspring and stuff like that as those crept more into um the type of music we were playing uh, the way i stayed true is by not changing the way i would talk about them so i would introduce pearl jam the same way i'd introduce the grateful dead um and our we were never a classic rock station we always played new stuff and um and i i don't particularly like that category because to me it's all music anyway it's all parts of a giant pizza pie they're an older side and a newer side and an alternative side and a harder rocking side and but it's all music and it's all interconnected is that something that's bothered you you made up a good point there with the being categorized yeah uh, it does bother some, me it, yeah um uh, I, I just it's it's you know a lot of radio stations get categorized that way you know well we're a classic rock station well we're an oldie station we're new wave we're alternative you know and to me that's all rock and roll you know and i mean it's all interrelated when the stones came to america who did they want to meet they wanted to meet muddy waters because rock and roll music grew out of uh jazz and blues and put a beat to it and you know as things developed and bill haley and the comets and little richard and james brown and elvis into the beatles and you know, uh, and on and on and on, right up to the, the, the big bands of the day, you know, Foo Fighters and the other great bands that are out there um, and touring right now. Um, so it's all interconnected. So when people try to put it in one corner, or this one is your corner. Box, yeah, you know. this is your box. This is your box. This is your box. I don't like that. And this station, while not perfect, uh, still gives people a touch of that. Today, uh, we're having this thing called Emma March Madness where we kind of base it off the basketball thing uh, for the college thing. And what we're doing is um, having bands sort of play off against each other. We're trying to build a band. So for bass player, we had uh, Chris Squire of Yes up against um, <laughs> up against Cliff Burton of Metallica. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get much more different, but I would argue that both of those are rock and roll bands. And... Um, um, but we don't play much Yes anymore. We used to play a lot of it. But uh, listeners got treated to a 10-minute, you know, Heart of the Sunrise next to uh, Master of Puppets by Metallica. And to me, that works. Um, so that's that's what I mean by not classifying, because if you are a good enough DJ uh, or, you know, if your station is cool enough, all that stuff works within a given hour. Um, in England, DJs are called presenters, 
And I like that a lot better because sort of like you're in a restaurant. Why do people come to the restaurant? Well, they come for primarily the food, but a very close second would be the vibe, the ambiance, the servers. And DJs are kind of like servers, or in England they're called presenters. We're presenting a dish. Here's a brand new dish the chef just made. He really loves it. We love it. Give it a try. And here's the dish you've been having for years and you love, you know, and we serve both newer and older dishes. Well, we have a lot of friends who were a... DJs and from younger DJs, say like a Jackson who's in the next room, to gentlemen and ladies like yourself who've been around the game for a while. Do you still have a freedom to choose what you play compared to some of the other stations across the country? I would say this is one of the more freer stations that's out there. And we do, you know, we do have uh, a list or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's a baseline that covers older and newer stuff so you'll you'll probably hear you know you could hear Jimi hendrix and you might hear the red hot chili peppers right next to it uh which is an example of what i just told you the new and old but but there is a structure to it and but there's also um uh things that you'll never hear we do this thing called the a to z where we you know do songs in the music library from a to z and you'll hear the wildest things this is a station that regularly uh makes what i call left turns um, and, uh, and my show, I do it particularly, you know, if I get a great request for a song that's not on our base list, you know, if there's a, uh, if it's a funny call or a moving reason or something that's going to really make somebody's day, I love to play requests. So we'll play it. So there's a lot of freedom here. There is a, a structure, but there's a lot of freedom. Now, is that just because of the station or you in particular, you've earned that respect to have certain freedoms. I, I think it, it resides more in my program, but um, the others have it too. Um, probably not quite as much, but for example, if you ever listen to Jackie Bam Bam on yes. Saturday night, I think that's one of the greatest radio shows in the country from seven to midnight. It's a all request Saturday. I think last Saturday I heard within one hour, <laughs> uh, I heard Johnny Cash. I heard, uh, what was that band that was just in town at the Electric Factory? Uh, some death metal band and some some the other thing. I mean, in one hour, Genesis. I heard Genesis, Johnny Cash, and um, you know, a band like Slayer or something like that within the same hour. You know, and because he's so skillful at at weaving that, and there were some current songs that are kind of hits of today. And some great older stuff, you know. So different people do it differently, but that's a fantastic show to listen to to get that kind of a vibe. Well, it's obvious when you listen to your show and listen to you talk now about it, but where does that passion come from for music? I've always had it. Um, uh, you know, I, it, it, you could ask that to anybody. Well, I guess some people take it more seriously, but for me it's just been a, it's like a lifeblood, um, and it was... You know, my family listened to a lot of music. It wasn't that kind of music. It was Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin kind of music. And, I'm, you know, I like that. And then I learned a little bit more. And then I heard the Beatles when I was a kid. And I go, that's for me. And then that was the beginning of my diving in the swimming pool, so to speak. And it just continued to grow. But every, but it's not stopped. There are some people that stop at a certain, you know, year. Nothing good after 1978 <laughs> or 79. You know, and, and to me, that kind of attitude would preclude you from 
you know, going to an offspring show, which is magnificent, or a killer show. My God, they're incredible. Or some of the, you know, really young, young bands that are just starting out right now and that we've been playing. There's a lot of great new music. So when each era has come along, if there's something I like, you know, I embrace it um, and usually add it to my catalog, if you will, my record library. Well, what would be a style of music or a particular band that most people wouldn't expect you to like? Um, well, I mean, because I look like the classic, so-called, quote, classic rock kind of guy, because um, I have long hair and a beard and all that. So they might think, and I do love the Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are probably my favorite band of all time. However, you know, I was in the mosh pit at Rancid, which is a punk rock band from the East Bay and in, in across the bay from San Francisco. Um, I, I, I was in the mosh pit at Green Day. I crowd surfed at 59 years of age at the Slayer show at the Tower Theater. Uh, and, you know, so I'm people I think would be surprised to see me go at that, although I, I'm not as much into that, that heavy metal sound, like a Slayer sound, as I am into the more... Um, what used to be called punk rock or alternative rock. There's so like many the kinks and well, no, I mean that. in a newer, you know, like um, like the Killers or or Green Day or Foo Fighters. A lot of that stuff's sort of considered alternative, um, and there's so much of it that's so catchy and so upbeat and so fun um, that they might be surprised that I like that, and they might. Well, my listeners know because I share it with them. But you know, I love Frank Sinatra. I saw him six or seven times. And, um, you know, every so often, in fact, when Frank Jr. died, I threw on a duet between Frank and Frank Jr. like a week ago. So um, they might be surprised if, if somebody didn't know me that, that I like that, too. Well, you, in that answer there, you were talking about your hair and a beard. And <clears throat> people who are familiar with you, especially in this region, know you for your beard. Is that an interesting conversation piece? Uh, I guess because it has this white uh, area by the chin, and um, uh, so or some people just think I look like a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> when I, you know, when I was younger, and I'd be, I remember walking. We our station used to be on Rittenhouse Square, and I have long hair, and I you got to brush it several times a day, and I don't think anything of it. I was walking out of our studio at Nineteenth and Walnut, an office building, and a um um a residence called the the Wellington. And I'm walking down 19th Street, headed towards Walnut and Rittenhouse Square, brushing my hair. And this older, you know, stately, probably fairly well-to-do woman is walking by, very pristine. Yeah, and she goes, oh, 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 just horrified. I mean, I don't she thought I was a homeless man. I don't know what she thought, but she was rather horrified at the whole appearance thing. Um but ever since the Beatles, I've wanted to have long hair, which is a long, long time ago. So, um, so I mean, I don't think about it much, but I guess others do. I don't know. Well, you know, and MMR has been uh, legendary in trying to support local music and younger artists at the time when they get their start, such as, you know, the Hooters and good friends of yours and, you know, just other bands known from this area. Right. John Bon Jovi right. from Jersey. Does that Philadelphia and this region still have that type of influence in music, you think? Um, it depends on, on I, I, think that, I think people are open to it. Um, I don't think radio feeds it quite as much as it used to. Uh, so like in terms of local bands that you mentioned, Jackson does a local feature every week 
and he has his local shot band of the of the month and he'll feature a song from them you know once a week but back in the day when i first moved here the station was playing local bands like a robert hazard or like the hooters or those kinds of bands the a's in kind of a a semi-regular rotation so they might get two or three or four spins a day by doing that the band gets heard more so a song that starts out being unfamiliar becomes familiar to people, which is the same way you make any record popular. You pl- you introduce it. You present it, like I said before. You add some water, and you go, remember that song? Yeah, I'm just going to play it again for you. Check this out. You play it again. And eventually, you know, by playing it a little bit more and upping its rotation, that's how you people become familiar with it and comfortable with it. If they If there's something good there that catches... Um, or they reject it outright, but um, that's how you build a song. And to me, that's uh, you know that's just a really cool vibe to do that. Well, I have two more questions for you because we know time is tight for you. Uh, the first one is, I guess, in the past week or so, other than Frank Jr. passing away, musically, the one thing that was training or trending, I should say, was Bruce Springsteen doing this tardy note for. A young kid in oh, right. California. Right. Did you uh, cover that story at all? And what do you think of something like that? You I don't w- hear much of that. I think that's just magnificent. Um, I didn't, but Preston did on the morning show. On Preston and Steve, he does a music news feature uh, in the morning. Preston mentioned that on on the music news feature, and it's a particularly um, cool thing that Bruce did, and some artists will do. Um, you know, and. I, I don't know how the kid made it to the stage. I didn't remember. I didn't hear that part of the story. But the fact that Bruce wrote him the note is is very like something Bruce would do. I mean, uh, he's that kind of guy. Early on in Bon Jovi's history, they got word that a couple, a guy wanted to ask his girlfriend to get married. And they had it set up. The girl didn't know. But uh, John hopped off of the stage at the Spectrum and ran up the stairs with a wireless mic into the you know seats of the audience and said, hey, we got, you know, whatever his name is, we'll call him Joe. And Joe, is there something you wanted to say? And he goes, I wanted to ask Mary to marry me. And the crowd erupts, you know, and that's not something most people would do. Graham Nash of Crosby, Stills & Nash, who's probably the the nicest rock star of the many I've had the chance to interview um, and one of the nicest human beings I've ever known. Um, a couple came to me from Wilmington, and they used to, when they were dating, they used to listen to the song Our House. Our House is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard. Now everything is fine because of you. All that wonderful, that cute little two-and-a-half-minute song, which became a huge hit. Um, music takes people back to times in their life, and it sort of you know, cements a vibe with you, and that you know, our, our lives are like chapters. And if you're a chapter... 17 sometimes you forget how you were in chapter six or how you're feeling or who you were hanging with in chapter six or seven or eight you hear a song and all of a sudden you're right back there and go oh right i was doing this i was driving that car i was having this fun working at that terrible job and but i was having fun so music has that ability to accompany you so getting back to graham nash this couple came to me and he wrote me a letter and he kept following up on it, asking if I could get Graham to say hello to them and and dedicate um, our house to them. Now, that's a, a really tall order and virtually <clears throat> no one would do it. But he's so special 
he was playing one night in Philly and the next night in Wilmington, and I was going to both shows, and they were from uh, Wilmington. <laughs> and uh, I said to him the night before in Philly at the Keswick, this is crazy, but would you send our house out to this couple? He goes, absolutely. Remind me tomorrow. And, you know, he finished the song, and he goes, I, I can't remember their names, but he said that was for so-and-so. You know, and then the guy came up to me afterwards and pulled out the letter that he had written to his then girlfriend, now wife of 30 years, with the words of our house in it. And I took them backstage and they got to meet Graham and had their picture taken with them. And, you know, that's an example of someone going way out of their way. Bruce is that kind of person. Eddie Vedder is that kind of person John from Brian Pearl Jam. Said yeah. as well. um, I mean, Eddie, I've seen him jump out of the audience the last time they were here. And there was a guy, I think he was in a uniform and he had to go back to Iraq or something, and he jumped out, and they, someone put a sign up. He jumped out with his bottle of wine and gave the guy his bottle of wine, and they shared it for a minute, and then he hopped back on the stage. That kind of thing is just, you know, that's that's an artist. That's taking the music directly one-on-one -on -one to someone because <clears throat> when you, you listen to these guys and you, you, you love whatever band it is you like, from the hardest rock to James Taylor or something like that, you bond with that music and you bond with the person that's playing it. And so to connect with that person and then find them to be a great person is particularly cool. Well, last question for you. You can ask you, a couple more. If okay, you. well, this is the last one I have in okay. my notes at least that we can really go into since it's been very in-depth with you. You've pretty much had a who's who of celebrity guests that you've spoken to from the music world is there anyone you haven't spoken to that you want to before your career is done? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, funny, Bruce is one of them. Uh, this station played Bruce long before I was here. Um, and uh, Ed Shockey, the late DJ who was on MMR and a bunch of other stations in Philly, uh, you know, was instrumental in the careers of Bruce and Billy Joel and Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown and people of that ilk. And um, um, Bruce was on sometime... I get, when did he start, 74, 75? He was on the station sometime, and he did a live concert for us from the man mute, uh, from the, excuse me, from the main point, the little uh, coffee house in Bryn Mawr. I think that was 74, 75, I think it was 75. But to my knowledge, he hasn't come in the station. There's a picture of him here somewhere a long time ago, but he has not come into the station uh, since I've been here in 34 and a half years. So Bruce would be one. Um, he, you know, he, he's very outgoing and like you, you know, that very charismatic on the stage. However, he's kind of shy, you know, one-on-one -on -one. he's, he can be very quiet and reserved, uh, when you're trying to talk to him in terms of interviews, Bruce is one. Elton John is another one. I've always wanted to get Elton. Rod Stewart is another one. Um, you know, and we've played all these people over the years, but sometimes if you're a local, a quote, local station, uh, they'll go, well, you know, we we can't talk to you or we'd have to talk to every local station. So if an artist does an interview, they're going to do it with Rolling Stone magazine or something that's national. And the, and the problem with that is if, it, if it's a loyal and long time and quality station like this one is, it, it, it's frustrating to try to wave the flag in front of, you know, those kinds of people and go, but wait, we've been here. We've done that. We've been with you. To his credit, Billy Joel, almost in every interview, will credit WMMR 
with launching his career and the song Captain Jack way before my time. I have nothing to do with it. But the station kept playing it after he had done this um, concert for us at Sigma Sound Studios that was recorded and presented live. And um, the station kept playing it after he went out of town and he, he was not going anywhere. And he moved to L.A. to become a bar piano player in a cocktail bar. Um, <clears throat> I think he called himself Bill Martin. And his manager called him and said, something's happening in Philly. That was a result of this radio station. Now, he has talked to us, um, and he's also, you know, credited MMR every time. Bon Jovi, John, is just amazing. He's one of the, he's one of the great, great, great ones, um, although they have a reputation as not being that hip, and the critics always beat them up. He is what it's all about, and that is an incredible band, all those people. In Quality person, too, if you see what he does, and he's oh not God. one to pat himself on the back either. No. And he never stops. I mean, he's rebuilt whole sections of North Philadelphia with Sister Mary and the Project Home uh, organization, which he got behind when he looked out his window at a luxury hotel and saw homeless people. And he had uh, bought the Philadelphia Soul and was, um, he's not with it anymore, but was doing the indoor football. And he said, if I'm going to be here, we got to make a difference. Then he found Sister Mary and then he started, you know, he brought George Bush, the first George Bush and Bill Clinton up to North Philadelphia to meet Sister Mary and to speak. And I mean, he, he's brought millions and millions of dollars in to resuscitate areas of this town alone and get homeless people off the streets. He's amazing. The soup kitchen as well in the Jersey. The soup kitchen in, in central Jersey. So the, the, you know, it's people like that, that, that go the extra mile that, uh, that inspire me. Graham Nash is another one. He's done benefits weight, you know, and a Bono is amazing, but Graham Nash, Crosby, Sills, Nash and Young, they've been doing benefits. Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt, that group, been doing benefits for every cause under the sun for before Bono even had their first hit. And, you know, so they don't get as much acknowledgement as I wish that they did. But at any rate, getting back to the people, you know, that, that I'd love, I, it would be Bruce, uh, Elton, Elton John, and I hosted a, a tennis tournament uh, for his AIDS foundation here at Villanova one year. And he, he was on the stage with me for a couple, for an hour. Just, you know, we're doing an auction and I'm going after it. I go, could we do an interview? And he goes, talk to my management. <laughs> and <laughs> then you have to start this whole thing, you know, and Bono, we barely got, um, but we got him and he remembered MMR and we were one of the first four stations to play U2. He remembered that and he said glowing things uh, in a brief interview I got with him. But I'd love to have a longer sit down one with him. I'd love to have um, more with Eddie Vedder. We got him last time, which took 10 years of trying to get Eddie Vedder. But Will you have him when he comes into town uh, coming up? I don't up? know. We're going to ask, but there's no guarantee. Um, you know, people at that level are are fairly secluded, and you have to go through record companies or management, and it's, it's a very, you know, step-by-step, ladder-by-ladder yeah. ladder kind of process, and it's... It's complicated and it's tiresome. Yeah, I know that process all too well. Well, yeah, I can imagine, you know, getting somebody on a podcast or a guest. It must, you know, it's difficult. And so, and the other one is Billy, Billy uh, Joe Armstrong from Green Day. I just think he's, he's like kind of like the Pete Townsend of today. Um, I think he's brilliant and I just love the music that that band makes. The first time I heard them, I was captured. Kind of like the first time I heard the Ramones, I go, this is for me. You know, CSN, that's for me, the Ramones, Frank Sinatra. You don't have to have any boundaries in your musical desires or tastes. Um, and so Billy Joe and that amazing band, Green Day, 
they're just fascinating. I mean, not only they started as a punk rock band out of Berkeley, then they grew with each album, you know, and he started doing things that a punk rock band would be run out of town for, you know, adding strings and horns and more keyboards and then, you know, developing, you know, a rock opera, American Idiot, and this this whole amazing growth pattern and then going on Broadway. He's a fascinating guy. So I seems I'd like a t- Renaissance man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good description. I would love to talk with him. So there's five or six. There's probably a few more. Um, Brandon Flowers of the Killers. The Killers are one of my favorite bands. Uh, I just love their songs. I love whatever it is about their music that just connects with me. The guitar, the sound, the hypnotic trance-like space they put me in. I would love to talk with him. Can't pinpoint it, but it's just one of those things that works. You don't have to describe what it is about a song or a group that you like. You just know it. The other, but, but sometimes it takes a while to grow on you. So I always encourage people to give it another chance or two. What, you know, if it's a new song and a couple people rave at you, you know, your friends say, check this out, which is how a lot of people, a buddy of mine gave me a cassette uh, when I was in San Francisco. He says, this is Elvis Costello. This is incredible. Check this out. And I put it in with my cassette player driving around San Francisco listening to Elvis Costello and the attractions go, yeah, he's right. And I fell in love with it. Sometimes, though, you you have to give it a second listen and it'll grow on you. Sometimes you get it right from the start. Sometimes you just don't get it. And that's fine, too. Whatever style of music it is that grabs you, go with it. And I also always say, go see that band in concert because um, for, for the younger group that's coming up, let's say 35 and under, I tell them, for heaven's sakes, while you can, go see Bruce Springsteen. He's crowd surfing at 66 years old while singing Hungry Heart. Go see the Rolling Stones. There's no better frontman on this planet. I think they really are the world's greatest rock and roll band. Mick Jagger at 71, almost 72, is running and dancing on stage and, and not missing a note. It's magnificent. The whole band, I saw them last summer, better than ever. You know, uh, older bands get together and they play, and many of them play incredibly well. On the other hand, if you're a 35, 40-plus, you know, if you get a chance to go see The Killers or Dave Grohl and The Foo Fighters, just amazing. These younger, and they, they've all been around for a while still, but that younger generation compared to the ones I just mentioned are continuing the process of keeping this rock and roll alive so I always encourage people to mix it up. You, know, you make a good point about the older bands to wrap things up there because, like you said, with some of, especially the older bands, if you have an opportunity to go see them, do. Um, people who know me personally and from the show know I'm a huge Eagles fan. Right. And I was surprised for my birthday a couple years ago in 2013 uh, from a, somebody who works within the greater media with tickets in the family and friends section wow. at the Wells Fargo Center oh, to cool. see the Eagles cool. from fourth row. Wow. And, you know, obviously we know a couple months ago, Glenn passing away, and Don did an interview with BBC saying it, they may have taken their last flight. Yeah. Makes me appreciate that I got to see them. Well, that's why, I, you know, I've been, Jackie said it, Jackie Bam Bam, you know, if you get a chance to see these groups, see them, you know, I didn't even know David Bowie was sick, you know, no. and then we lost him. Lemmy of Motorhead, um, you know, representing yet another style of that pizza pie, another slice. You know, we did know he was sick. We knew that he was not in good shape. Um, so it wasn't a terrible surprise. But, but they it was had, still a quick, you know. But it was fairly quick. But they played a lot, and they got out a lot on tour. You know, uh, we didn't know that, um, 
Well, we did know about Scott Weiland. He was in terrible, terrible shape. And sadly, I mean, he never was able to quite beat back his demons. But, you know, his his talent was extraordinary. We've lost him. And then into the new year with Glenn Fry, uh, you know, not as Ain't many people maybe know the Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, but Paul Kantner, kind of the, the foundation of that band, passed away. So we are starting to lose some of these people. And um, while you can, if you can, for heaven's sake, see them. Pierre Robert, WMMR legendary DJ, thank you. You're very well, thank you. 